This is Nams and Nisi, and you're listening to It's the Tea for Me podcast. Fresh pot, piping hot. See ya, Bangana! Perfect. Welcome, everybody, back! Hey! It's the Tea for Me podcast, and we are back. For a round two on our topic on travel That's right, if you don't know, you should know But I'll let you know, you're talking to Nams And this is Nisi <laughs> And we're going to be sharing a little bit more About our part two of what we started in part one Which is our travel series, if you want to call it that uh, What we're doing basically is helping you think through How to get to another country Why would you want to go uh, What is the process And today we're going to be talking a little bit more About when you're actually have your feet on the ground so if you are not there yet and you're just like wait a minute what about just getting there well you need to go back to episode two yo because that's where we spoke about how to actually get there Mm -hmm. all the steps that leads you to getting your feet on the plane and Mm -hmm. today we'll be talking about when your feet touches the ground in a foreign country (laughs) which is a very exciting time so um, just to recap a little bit why people want to travel well i think People have different reasons for traveling. We shared last time that some of our reasons were more personal in the sense that I love different cultures. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of learning and immersing myself in another culture was really, really important. Mm-hmm. And definitely I wanted to see the world, man. It mm-hmm. was a dream. I really wanted to see the world. But also I wanted to put myself in a position financially to be able to support my family back home yeah. in any way that I could. So those were my personal reasons. But there are definitely lots of different reasons why people want to travel. Um, I would say those are the main reasons. Our reasons are the main reasons that you want to see the world, you want to travel. But also traveling will expand your mind and your outlook on life. 100%. So it will diversify uh, the way you look at the world and realizing that there are many ways to get something done. Yeah. And travel definitely does that for you. So if one of those are your reasons, if you're thinking about traveling, if you're listening to this because you listened to the first one and you're hooked already, then you're definitely on the right path. Okay, so Nams, let's talk a little bit about some things that you needed once your feet actually touched the ground. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the airport. What did you need mm. in the airport? What did you have to think through? Mm. So the airport feels like it should be really easy because you're there. Because you spent <laughs> <laughs> you spent so much energy just trying to get there. So now once you've landed, it's a happy moment. So celebrate. But uh, realize that you need to be able to contact people and you need to be able to get through the airport i ended up in brazil and i lived there for a couple of years and yes airports are international places and so technically people should be speaking in english this is not always the case absolutely (laughs) you will quickly realize so uh, one of the big things for me was having an app uh, on my phone that can help me to be able to say exactly what it is that I needed to say. You need to have absolutely money at the airport. Okay, mm-hmm. so we spoke a lot previously about having enough um, money in savings for emergencies. You need to have airport emergencies because bags go missing, uh, things cost extra than what you thought, uh, things are heavier than what you thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And so you just need to be in mm-hmm. there prepared I would say be able to communicate have extra funds in terms of currency you can always exchange your currency your home currency either at the airport or at the airport where you land i would say that's probably the easiest thing to do 
if you need cash on hand. Yeah. Alternatively, definitely something that I had to learn the hard way was I was supposed to contact my bank at home mm-hmm. um, while I was in the country and notify them to open up my account because they, they they have a hold on your account so that there's no fraud that happens internationally. Yeah. So you need to actually call in and say, look, I plan on traveling. Um, I'm not sure how long, if you know that you're going to be there for however long you can tell them. But specifically the bank that I bank with, which is FNB, I had to they only open up your account for six months at a time. So yeah. every six months you have to get in contact with your bank and say, Hey, I'm still abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, don't flag any of my stuff. Yeah. Let it go through. And then you can just swipe in the airport and it will automatically uh, transfer. So that's the easiest yeah. way. It's probably the safest way, but sometimes you need cash on hand, which it's very easy. You can just go to Google, see what, um, the conversion rate is mm. for how much you need and all of that. But I do think you can also have the card, the card that you have, you can actually put it in the ATM. Once you've spoken to your bank about, hey, I'm overseas. And this oh, yeah, plan, 100%. You can put the card in the ATM, ATM and, and then, then draw, their draw their currency. Yeah, I've done so that in a It's a little painful when you realize Whoa. how much they're taking in red. <laughs> <laughs> when you see that minus sign. And you're like, and the thing is i feel like you it's it's a natural inclination for you to automatically calculate mm. that's the thing you get panicked because you you're like <laughs> why is this cool drink so expensive bro this is the most expensive cool drink i don't ever bought <laughs> but i think you gotta get out of that mentality at some point you definitely yeah. do because if you don't spend, I, <laughs> you literally will get so stressed <laughs> How did I spend so much money on and something? This. And you're like, you're at home. Cool drink, keep it in right. <laughs> I'm paying 100 grand for cool drink. How is How that is possible? Okay, so you've survived the airport. You've survived the pickup. You know where you live. Things are good. Now, the biggest next tip I would say is learning how to immerse yourself in the culture. Man, oh man. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's probably one of the most challenging things, but the most rewarding thing. Oh, yeah. hundred percent most rewarding thing. And I think um, initially when you get into a new country, you kind of know all the hotspots. So, um, for example, in Brazil, everybody always talks about Rio, blah, 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 all those things. So, you know, like these are the typical tourist places. And you're going to do the tourist thing because you're new, you know, Mm. and people are going to want to show you to the best parts of their city and the best parts of the country mm-hmm. but i would say when you really want to learn about the people of the country and the country itself you want to go to where the locals go mm. you want to do what the locals do mm-hmm. you want to look like how the locals look and mm-hmm. this is a cool thing because it's experiencing something brand new but at the same time um you know you you growing yourself as a person because you're learning how other people do different things hundred percent. I think um, a lot of it as well is, I keep saying this because it's so important, but it's your perspective. Yeah. Your perspective will dictate your whole experience, really. Just for me, I went to a culture that was just so different from my own. So I definitely had to have an open mind and be willing to learn. Um, just because what the internet's information wasn't all that great. So I needed to have a, a personal experience. And I found the best way to do that was through the the people through the local people finding yeah. out uh what the national dishes are what mm. they eat in their homes finding all the spots where the cheap good <laughs> food was and then also having the 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 touristy experiences because obviously 
personally i was in saudi for six years mm. so that's more than enough time to do all the touristy things but then also find all the intricacies of what makes the culture so great yeah you yeah. know even me just saying that i went to saudi arabia i'm pretty sure that you guys already uh, have ideas like you yeah. <laughs> why would you go there <laughs> out of all the places in the world but really i can say that i was very blessed by that experience because I understand the religion and the culture so much better now. And I have a lot of respect for why things are done the way they are done. Yeah. Where I think when I went, I didn't really understand certain things. But going through the local food and culture and yeah. creating the space, really getting to know the people of the country, really immersing myself in the culture enough to understand why they do what they do and yeah. how they do it was very enriching for me. And essentially that's the thing that, that like illuminates your mind, mm -hmm. you know, it makes mm -hmm. you look at things differently with understanding. That doesn't mean that you lose your personal values or you lose your true North. It's just that you can understand it better. It will develop yeah. you and you will be respectful to the culture. Yeah, you will be respectful to the culture. Yeah, Cause I do think like when you just look at culture from what social media and that kind of thing says, even with Brazil, cause, um, you know, it's seen as a very big party, have fun, people are always happy, go lucky, whatever. And there's an element of that because they have big personalities. People in Brazil love to have a good time. But they are also a really kind people and they're also they care about social justice and things mm -hmm. like that. And so you don't really realize certain things, you know, until you even look at the history. Like for me, a big part of surviving there was just understanding the history of the country and mm -hmm. understanding it according to economics, according to race, according mm -hmm. to language, all those things. And and that gave me a bigger appreciation of the people that were in front of me. I just asked a lot of questions. There's something that we had there called Gringo Grace, because when you're a gringo, that means foreigner. I could ask pretty much anything and nobody would be offended because they knew that I wasn't from that country. And so, like, take advantage of that. You know, go to, be curious, go to these places, ask the questions, go deeper. And people love it. Like, that's how mm, you make friends. Because 100%. they're like, oh, well, you're actually interested in more than just the basics. You're not just assuming. You're wanting to understand why something is the way that it is. And so just even a huge part of cultural immersion is asking those questions. Because you will see, honestly, as as a colored South African in my household growing up, I literally spoke English and Afrikaans, mm. but I've always had an affinity to languages yeah. and growing up in South Africa, I'm very blessed because we have so many national languages. Mm -hmm. So I've got the opportunity to learn through hearing, through asking questions. Hey, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, and then that's how I acquired language. So I took that same approach when I got to Saudi mm. and people really warm up to you and they're willing to let you in if you do ask questions yeah. if you do try even if you say the word wrong, wrong they thing. will still appreciate the fact that you try just seeing how people appreciated it that you actually took the time to learn something in their language mm -hmm. it's just a feeling i don't even know how to describe it it's mm. just like a feeling of like wow they're so impressed with you or just like i really appreciate that you did that i think in south africa like let's be truthful so yes with the uh, are other languages here yeah, and we kind of get accustomed to that and some people will try in other languages but in general i'm expected to know more languages as a black south african so mm. if i get something wrong in one of the languages it's almost like oh if you don't know how to speak don't say anything mm. um kind of attitude that you can get sometimes from people and so i did have a little bit of fear around that when i was in brazil trying to speak portuguese i was like oh but people they just appreciated so much that i was trying Trevor never said this at some point as well just how much people 
feel more loved and known when you try to say something in their language and so mm-hmm. at home now i even though sometimes i'll get it wrong and people will be upset at me i've made a bigger effort at trying to speak to people in their own language because i can see that it just communicates something of like human respect yes, when you do that with someone and i i love to see that on people's faces i think it's a beautiful thing and so i'm grateful to my country that it's it's allowed me to be able to hear different language and not be freaked out by it but want to accept it and try to learn it Hmm, i find that so interesting because i think my experience is a little bit different even Mm. in in this country like i think a lot of it is because i am colored and so people don't expect me to either speak a black language understand an african language like they just don't so when they do hear me speaking or responding back to them that i i get two responses i either get Oh, you know how to, <laughs> then I'm like, but am I not South African though? <laughs> you know, or don't respond to me in English. Mm. Those are the, those are generally like the two responses I get. And I feel like internationally, it was also the same as yours. Like, I think it's just that human respect that you're trying, yeah. that you're interested, that you don't look down on me, that mm. you don't, you know, it's, it's just the level of effort that's put in and it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think people warm up to you because mm. you do come in already saying, Hey, I'm here and I'm, and this is the attitude of my heart. I'm willing to learn, teach me, Yeah, you know, and that you would be surprised, but my mom always said this growing up, a little bit of respect goes a, a long oh, way. hundred percent. And traveling internationally, definitely that proved to be so true. Yeah. You know, but I think also because naturally South Africans are very accommodating people. We naturally do that because we've had to accommodate so much, so many different cultures within mm-hmm. our own country. And so you see that when people actually see the difference between, you and say another I'm not going to go into the other cultures that I interacted with overseas and I was like ah, 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 I ah, must ah. never <laughs> <laughs> but yeah people just appreciate that a little bit more because we naturally are thinking through um, some of those things there's something else about language that's interesting for me when you go overseas because we come from a country where there's pockets of you know you have to learn these different languages at home when I was overseas trying to learn Portuguese there's certain languages that since I've been young, I've been speaking them like, you know, Kosa, I'm a Kosa girl, uh, Zulu, those languages. So those languages stayed intact in my head. Mm-hmm. But then there was other languages like Afrikaans, because Afrikaans I only did in school, mm-hmm. that all of a sudden I could not process what was Portuguese at some point and what was Afrikaans. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. It was like the box of yeah. this feels foreign <laughs> was like put both of those languages in there. So much so that I had a tutor at some point and then one day I was speaking back to her and I'm thinking I'm speaking Portuguese and she just looked at me and she said, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but that's not Portuguese. <laughs> and I realized I was speaking Afrikaans. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so confused. So mm. it's nuts the how your mind works when you're overseas and you're trying to learn these languages and uh, but it's just i think that's just an amazing thing that your brain can, can yeah do all those different and things. the english teacher in me <laughs> will definitely say that language is something that's alive yeah it's living when i was in south africa i didn't learn any arabic beforehand um just the basics you know how yeah. to greet how to say thank you and please you know manners and then i get there <laughs> and i start learning arabic and it's very difficult. I start losing like some Zulu words. Yeah. And I start losing because now the people that are around me, 
I'm hearing more Arabic and I'm not hearing anything else. So because I'm saying it's a living thing, language is a living thing because it requires practice. Yeah, 100%. It requ- the more you immerse yourself in it, the better you become. Well, here's some free tips as well on just learning a language once you are there. Watch your series in that language mm-hmm. and have English subtitles. Yes. Listen to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help you pick up the language easier. Pick up the slang. Pick, pick up the slang. <laughs> Don't just learn the swear words, y'all. Don't just learn the swear words because you know when you learn a language, that's the first <laughs> thing you got um don't just do that so i think those that was an interesting dynamic for me as well and then i got home and guys if i can tell you honestly uh nam still when she gets upset or when she gets uh frustrated (laughs) or when she gets she'll go into portuguese (laughs) to the point where i even know what those words are now (laughs) (laughs) exactly and then like i'll also even here i i have a habit of thanking people in arabic mm. because it's just uh it's a nation where you say thank you a lot yes. and so like i'll do something and i'll be like shukran and then i'll be like oh i'm not yeah. <laughs> i'm home you know <laughs> so language is very much living and it's it's those little integrated things that you learn as you as you travel as well yeah language is beautiful don't walk in there entitled Learn, be humble. Don't go in there and expect them to conform to you. Is the main thing. Oh, that will be your biggest mistake. Don't Ew, do it. It'll be an uphill battle yeah, for you. Learn how mm-hmm. to conform to what's going on over there, and it just enriches you as a human being. For you, what do you think was like the biggest cultural shock? Was there? Okay. Did you experience any cultural shock? Since you already mentioned that South Africa and Brazil are quite alike Similar. in some things. Yeah. Mm. Was there any cultural shock? Okay, one of the biggest things for me, gosh, because we grew up in South Africa and, you know, unfortunately our history has made us a compartmentalized people into certain groups, you know, based on race and stuff. And so I just learned how to say, ah, yeah, it's the colored girl in the corner. Or I'd say, yeah, the Indian girl over there. You know, that's how we talk here and it's totally normal. But when you go overseas, and I, when I was in Brazil, they were very, very hypersensitive to talking to people based on, on color. Not that it doesn't happen. It definitely happens. But um, I just remember being uh, at a place and there was these kids that came and they did some sort of show. Somebody was like, oh, look at that little girl. She's so cute. I'm like, which one? And she's like, the girl with the pink shoes. So now I'm looking at all these children trying to find <laughs> which one is the pink, pink shoes. <laughs> and the one that had pink shoes was the only black girl there and i was like ah this would have been so much easier she just said the black girl (laughs) the black girl over there she's so cute but i realized that when i was speaking like that it was offensive Mm. to people and so i had to learn how to re just learn how to speak about people using other descriptions and it was actually Mm -hmm. quite nice to see people as people first and not according to race Mm -hmm. because in south africa we we first see race Mm -hmm. you know and then we see everything else you know unfortunately fortunately i don't know it just depends on the situation but yeah it was really nice to just kind of like learn how to talk talk about people in a more holistic way Mm -hmm. um, than just the color of their skin for me a really interesting thing is the fact that we have been kind of preconditioned because of the history of our country, I don't necessarily think that it's uh, a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. to be fair. But you realize that it's just not as significant yeah. in other countries. Yeah, other Honestly, that was like the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me. Because when I got to Saudi, like, I pretty much looked like 
majority of the population because of true, my skin actually. tone, <laughs> honestly. Um, and the biggest distinguishing mark was my hair mm-hmm. was different to the hair. And the minute I opened up my mouth, obviously, yeah. then it was a stark difference. And because of that, I realized, like, actually, the religion itself and the culture itself, because it's very much intertwined, they don't really identify people according to race. Yeah. So that was also a teaching, a learning yeah. moment for me where I was like, oh, okay, so you're not going to say the black girl in the corner. Yeah. That just doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, they'll have to find another identifying mark. And so, and I think the minute I also got to that realization where it's like, okay, as a culture, as a country, they just don't identify. In fact, I had to learn that actually in that country, in that culture, it's a different system. It's almost a classes system mm. based on the country you come from or there were different markers. Yeah. And you and the biggest takeaway for me really was that depending on where you are in the world, really in South Africa, because it's kind of like we're in um for lack of a better word, we're kind of like in a fish tank. Mm-hmm. And in our fish tank, color is a really big thing. The minute you step out of that and you step into the world, you realize like color is still a, a topic that yeah. we discuss, but it's just not to the degree that we do as South Africans because we've been preconditioned. Yeah, yeah. And so once you start looking at the world through those different lenses, that's exactly what I mean when I when I say when you come back to South Africa, your perspective is different. It's nice. It it's is nice. nice. It is nice. It's it's it, it, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was just like, oh, okay, we can just... Yeah, this feels good. Yeah, we yeah, can just do life good. and it's not about race. So that was... I really enjoyed that. Another thing for me that was a weird cultural shock. And maybe people think I'm ignorant. Whatever. Like, all I've... I've lived in South Africa. Black people speak Kosa, Zulu, Sutu, other languages, you know. But it was strange to walk on the streets and see black people speaking Portuguese. Now, if I grew up in Mozambique, maybe I would like this would make more sense in my head. But I was just like expecting Zulu to come out of people's mouths or Kasa to come out of people's mouths. And then people were coming in there with Portuguese. It messed with my brain for at least a month or two. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. But at some point, I did go and visit Nams in Brazil. And that was also like a thing for me. I was like, like wow <laughs> i think if you've already been programmed to think in a certain way and then you get there you're just like oh okay <laughs> okay this, this feels good this feels you know i don't want to say the word exotic because mm-hmm. i feel like that also has negative mm-hmm. connotations, connotations. Hey. but definitely to me i was just like oh this feels nice <laughs> this feels <laughs> this feels like it's interesting so yeah. i like that yeah. I, I really like that what were some of your cultural shots well, for me, obviously, it was a lot because it's, it was completely different. Um, but there were good things and there were also bad things that I was just like, oh, mm. okay, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. Um, but I think uh, Saudi Arabia is very much a family and community orientated country. And that's where I come from. Mm. You know, South Africans are very ubuntu guys yeah you understand like ubuntu Mm. so when i get there and i'm like okay they care about the community they it's it's a lot of togetherness that really made my transition a lot easier i love the fact that it's not very it's not a very individualistic nation Mm. you know it's very Mm. collectivistic and that's the country that i come from so that sense of community was really nice because when i did struggle with something there were always people that were willing to step in and help and guide me in certain ways and i appreciated that a lot and then i think like just things like uh modesty lucky for me i 
I love fashion mm-hmm. and I like to express myself by the way that I dress. And then being able to go to a country where you have to wear the abaya and mm. based on research on the internet, what that meant, it has negative connotations, but then realizing that in Saudi, what woman saw that as was freedom. It was uh-huh. a way where we don't get to distinguish. You see me for my inner qualities before wow, you see my amazing. outer qualities. Yeah. And I was like, wow, mm. I didn't know. Like, so what it is viewed as is something where, okay, it's, it's oppressive. They need to cover up all of those things. But then when you actually speak to the students or the girls or the women in the country, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will say, actually, I like that. I like the modesty part of it because it makes you then have a conversation and really get to know me. Yeah. Wow. You know, which That's was really cool. Amazing. That was cool for me. Sure. So I thought that was like a positive thing when it came to the uh, culture. And eventually I was styling my bias girl. <laughs> I was styling it, looking cute, loving it. I actually had a similar experience, but completely different so in brazil um people wear less (laughs) (laughs) okay so i came so in south africa in general you know um culturally here girls have to have long pants on whatever like you know we're always being given a hard time to a certain extent cover your shoulders on how you are supposed to look yeah you need to be modest but 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 they it's not so much that they're not modest it's just that certain things are not a big deal so I think their dress code for them is modest. Um, but everybody walks around in shorts and, and T-shirts and flip-flops. That was yeah, literally guys. my everyday I saw bums in Brazil, guys. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, and it's just like everybody dresses like that. And when I say everybody, I'm not just talking about the, the youngins. I'm talking about abococo. Like. Everybody, girl. <laughs> I will say, sorry to interject, but I definitely will say that one thing I loved when I came to visit you in Brazil was there was, we, at some point we were in Rio and we were on uh, Copacabana Beach and guys, big bums, small bums, fat bums, bums, skinny bums, all the bums, (laughs) they were there and people were just body it's positive, Just, man. Yeah. So accepting. Like exactly. there's no one staring. There's no one trying to mm. grow pole. You know, none of that. Like yeah. people were just there, proud and accepting of bodies. And honestly, it was just so. It was so nice. So that's my point, basically. It was so refreshing. That, that, that's my, my biggest point. I just learned how to be comfortable in my own body mm-hmm. because we were all out there doing our things. If you are in a bikini, it's Nobody fine. Nobody cares. If you are in your shotty shots, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. no one cares. And it was just really liberating to not have to think about that. Now, granted, there are certain things in Brazil where they are very conscious, like, aesthetically conscious people. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. Like, people want to look good there. But in general, people You're are the also... Level of germs in that country <laughs> guys wow but general people are also happy to you know let Just you do be. your thing you yeah know, nobody's gonna come in and and the harassment is less definitely yeah. um if i'm wearing shorts i'm not worried about ah, guys let's be honest me. though you know you could never in south africa you could never ah it depends where you are but yeah for the most part oh, but you have you ever walked like with anything nah. that's vaguely yeah. shorty shorts ish it's right, in the CBD. Yeah, you would what never. What are you doing with? Yeah, you yeah would well, never. that's what people would say. So, yeah. So I think that for me was really liberating that I didn't have to be so self-conscious about what it is that I was putting on and what kind of message it has. Or am I? I, don't know, I was covered. I didn't have things. to think about no message. <laughs> <laughs> I was covered and comfortable. <laughs> Right, so last thing I wanted us to chat a little bit about, Nisi, is I really think 
that um, South Africans, because of the country we grew up in, yes, there's cons, like we've spoken about how the race thing sometimes it like prohibits can make us, you hyper conscious yeah, and yeah. exactly. But um, but I do think there's certain things about the people that we are and the way that we had to learn how to adjust to different cultures that makes us an asset when we're on a global scale. 100%. Yeah. Do you have anything off the bat that you can think of? Um, I'm thinking of some things, but I wanted to hear from you first. Yeah, guys, there's a lot of things. Honestly, I think a lot of South Africans in general as a population, we're not aware of how marketable our skills oh are. Oh my goodness. Now, let me give you some examples. The first thing is majority of our schools in our education system, we are learning our primary languages through English. Mm-hmm. And so therefore... You already have a, a proficient enough level of English to be able to go and work overseas in certain countries. Yeah, yeah. Yes, granted, like we said in our first travel episode, you need to probably get a, a TEFL certificate, which is the Teaching English in a Foreign Language Certificate, to be able to give you some kind of qualification to do it there. But for the fact that you can understand English, that you mm-hmm. can articulate well, that you can probably write to a certain standard, that's a marketable skill. Oh, 100%. And we get that by just going to school in this country. Mm-hmm. Then another thing is, wow, guys, we are versatile. Mm-hmm. Like, it took me actually moving overseas, working with a very diverse group Beautiful. of colleagues from different countries, realizing that, yo, South Africans know, number one, how to make a lot out of a little. A poor makeup plan, man. Yeah. How to make that plan. Listen, we know how to make a lot out of a little. Do you understand? When I was in a position where all the resources were being given to me, uh, like, how can you not thrive? How yeah. can you not thrive? Mm. Like, we have a great attitude as South Africans. We really do. We work hard. You know, the one thing I think got drummed into me when I was in South Africa is like, ah, guys, South Africans lazy. are lazy. Uh, we don't we, we don't want to do the things. We don't want to try. Then I go to an international scale and I'm like, actually, we're working hard, guys. Listen. We're the ones. We are the ones. <laughs> we need it. You know, we're not waiting on anybody. We are the ones. Like, honestly, our skills are priceless when it comes to just working in teams, mm. getting things done, being mm. organized. Our processes in general are just so great. And unfortunately, I feel like it's something that's born out of struggle. Yes, because it's you know? so difficult. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's born out of struggle and, mm. you, and it's almost like a, a, a kick-in automatic survival system yeah. that we have as South Africans. But that same survival system is the thing that makes us thrive yes. overseas. Yeah. And that's why you will see that there are a lot of countries... That specifically will be like we are looking for South Africans. Yeah, because they know that they've been exposed people. to other South Africans, and they can see that our work ethic is is amazing, yeah. really. And I mean, you've said everything that I was thinking. But one of the other things is just the the fact that we do know how to adjust to the different cultures. It's, so people call it code switching, whatever you want to call it. And I know here at home, sometimes it's an it's seen as a negative thing where it's like, oh, if I'm with this group of people, maybe I sound a little bit different, or if I'm that with group of people like I've I use other language that I wouldn't use with another group of people. Mm-hmm. For some reason in South Africa, we've seen that as a negative thing. And but it is it's not. Actually a really, it's a skill. <laughs> it's a it's marketable a skill, skill. To be able to go somewhere and easily, like, almost like effortlessly navigate mm-hmm. and fit in with the people. Absolutely. And it helps for team relations. It helps for understanding on your part and for other people to understand you. I'm just okay to switch certain words. For example, like, I was 
working with a lot of Americans and yes, we're speaking English, but our English and their English sometimes, JJ, it's just mm, very British different. British and American English are two different things. So, but it was okay because I, I, I knew what they were saying and I could translate certain things that I would naturally say to help accommodate them. And sometimes I could help them figure out how they can help accommodate me. I think all of those things are really good. And I think for a lot of South Africans, uh, we see what we can do and we see it from a negative and almost defensive point of view. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't need to do that. We just need to see how some of the mm -hmm. things that we naturally do are an asset and, and be happy 100%. and rejoice in that and use it around the world. A hundred percent. Exactly. I feel like essentially code switching is adaptability. It's flexibility, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, not to go too deep, but I know back in the day, giving away my age here, people would be talking about coconuts and yeah, things like that. Yeah. But actually, so if you boring. think about it now, it's like that same thing that people would drag on you for is the same thing that you can get paid to yeah. do. It's the same thing that helps you to get further in life because actually it's what you need when we, when we work and we live in a world that is so diverse. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, just because you're able to switch and move and, and navigate through different groups, it doesn't mean you don't know the core of who you are. A hundred percent. And so you just got to be confident in who you are. We need to be more confident as South Africans and what we can produce and what we bring to the table. What, exactly. Really. Because we really do bring a lot. And yeah, on a global scale, man, you just see it a lot clearer than you do when you're at home. And that's the tea on that. <laughs> this tea was served to you fresh, <laughs> piping, aromatically hot. <laughs> With a little bit of Saudi and Brazilian spice. Okay. Get into it. Get into it. <laughs> so make sure you join us again next time for another popping hot episode where we will be chatting all things what, Nisi? Love languages in friendships. Does it exist and why is it important? <laughs> Definitely check out our socials. It's the tea for me on Instagram and on TikTok. We would love for you to engage. If there's anything that you heard in our podcast today that you want to know more about or you just want to comment, please feel free to drop us a comment, hit the like, share with your friends and their friends and their friends and we can all be friends. <laughs> we love it. We love it. All right. Well, we'll check you guys again next time. Bye. Bye.